With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. We actually re- yeah. We're recording right now? Yeah. All right, welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. First podcast of 2022 in which the sun was shining for a good amount of time today. You didn't have to wear a sweater, another layer, your jacket, three pairs of gloves. It was beautiful today. It's so rejuvenating. What a simple concept. The sun comes up and just uh, feels like a weight's lifted off of you. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. You know, it starts to smell like playoff season. It does. It does. <laughs> it also starts to smell like patio season. Golf season. <laughs> Golf season. Um, but first, we've got to get through that weird part of the year where it, like all the mud is like de-thawing and it just smells like cow manure yeah. everywhere. But... We will we'll get through there, and then next thing you know, we'll be watching playoff hockey with the sun still out oh, yeah. in beautiful weather. I, 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 can't, oh, I cannot oh. express how, how badly I want that right hopefully now. Hopefully a lot of playoff hockey. Hopefully a lot of playoff hockey. Well, like, I mean, we're degenerates. We'll watch every single game. It doesn't matter oh, yeah. who's playing. But hopefully meaningful yeah. playoff hockey if you catch my drift, you know. But, anywho, let's let's go on. Two and two week for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wildly up and down. Did not give up less than four goals against, but scored a bunch of goals. That's important. Um, Entertainment-wise, off the charts this week. Oh, yeah. They kept you on your toes. You were not sleeping in any of these games. And if you fell asleep, you missed a lot. But I think, I think that George Costanza meme we posted... Most accurately reflects this week. It's a wild week. Like, that Vancouver game, oh my God. I had to go back and watch it the next game, the next day, but I couldn't imagine being at that game. That must have been so frustrating. It was. It was very <laughs> frustrating. I was at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought wow. that they were going to like run away with it, and then just, they didn't. But Like, on home, <laughs> I, like, on home ice, mm-hmm. you come back, with, where were they down, 3-1? Yeah. You think, come yeah. back from being down 3-1 and get the lead, and your Toronto Jesus is having a game out there, and you can't hold on? That was a rough I, one. I don't know. That one really. The Sabres lost. I mean, were you at the Sabres game? Yeah. 
Josh, Josh was at you the Sabres there? game. It was the first game back with fans, too. It was like, oh. oh, my God. It was like... That was the most boring snooze fest game. It was so quiet, too. Like, nobody... Obviously, when they started losing, it gets worse, too. People leave. It's quiet. Oh, oh it was a terrible game. Switched, yeah. switched the first line in the third period, which is a weird move. Benched Matthews halfway through the first Weird period. move, but that's so that's so long ago now. After, <laughs> like, there's been so many crazy games. That yeah. game was boring. They didn't play well. Goalie didn't play well. Defense Lost played to terrible. Craig Anderson, who is Craig 40. Anderson was looked fantastic. We made him look like a star. Oh like, yeah, the only life was really from like the third line. It's like when you're relying on the third line for offense, it's like mm, you're better off waiting for Tubac to come back. For goodness' sake, but we're gonna summarize these games as quick as we can. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Sabers lost five one. Ugly, boring game, as we just said. Um, the Leafs actually controlled the game in terms of possession, but did not control the game in terms of expected goals. What does that tell you? Pucks were not getting through to the net. Uh, pucks were not getting through to the net from good areas. The top line, the top guys were essentially stifled on offense. Sheldon Keith put it best. That was the worst he has seen the Bunting Matthews Marner line play after they scored that goal, but it makes no sense that you separate them, you goof, but whatever. Canucks lost, a lot of ebbs and flows in that one. Another frustrating start. Gets the wheels back moving. Austin Matthews, a few goals in there as well. But as always, just the defense just completely pulled shoot on them in that one, it felt like. Um, pretty good look at uh, Nick Robertson there as well. He, he scored in that game, correct? Yep. He did, yep. yeah. His first career regular season goal. Yeah. As Morazic said, he likes a rip it five hole. Yeah. That was beauty. Nylander starts to get his legs back in that one as well. John Tavares. Three. Mm-hmm. I liked, the big thing I liked in that Vancouver goal, in that Vancouver game, was that the Canucks tried to take it to the least defensively. And the Leafs responded exceptionally. Unfortunately, despite four goals, Demko played very well. Mm-hmm, very Negatives well. defensively, they were. I I found a lot of positives in this game. Actually, yeah. we'll get into it more later. But negative, defensively weak as hell. Some guys just don't defend the blue line. Absolute joke in front of their own net. Goaltending didn't make the big any big saves. I felt like awkward u- utilization of the second line though. Switching out Kerfoot and Robertson. Moving on to the Blue Jackets game. Another. Wildly up and down game. Again, I had to watch this one the next day. I got out of my car going to hockey. They're up 3-0. Think we're cruising. Easy. No problem. Nope. You're a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, brother. Columbus, Columbus, the Blue Jackets of all teams, come back to tie it 3-3. But they end up pulling out somehow. I mean, honestly, um, that uh, in terms of... Who got them back to was a little bit surprising. Fourth line, Alex Kerfoot, who I thought looked pretty good on the fourth line this week. That was a great shot. That was. Ripped it. He's not really known for that. But uh, anyways, and then we got to see a bunting uh, bunting goal to end it as well there. Um, a great start again. Just fell right off the wagon there. And then we have our last game in Seattle. Oh, goodness. This was another... Roller coaster ride. It was pretty much just an emulation of the Columbus game, except they actually went down yeah. in the cracking game. Um, Willie Nylander had two points this game, and we'll get into it more. I thought he stunk. That goal he scored was not good. Philip Gruber, the Philip Grubauer experience, what the hell was that? What happened to him? He was terrible. He was horrible in that game. I can't emphasize that enough. 
But Nylander, a good pass to Matthews on the power play. A nice goal. He went dash three. We'll get into it more why. But a lot of ebbs and flows. But this team's got, this team's got heart. This team's got heart. And what I, I can summarize it at, at this. They went up in a few games this week. Three out of the four. They only won two of them. They lost the lead in three of them. I feel like when they're not pressing on offense, they don't have the defensive personnel to just sit back. Right now they don't. Right now they absolutely don't. So let's get into more detail. That was a great summary. What are we, let's Thank unpack. You. Let's unpack here. Where are we starting? Let's start in net. Overall, I mean, the, in okay. after the Vancouver game, the goaltending became like from, oh, like they'll turn it around, you know? Yeah. Positive vibes too. What's what's it gonna take to get Flurry? Who are we gonna trade for? <laughs> it was very quick. Tom Forsberg, it, it baby, really was quick. And I, like the Buffalo game was bad. Mrazek was getting the Bronx cheer, which is oh. rough. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. The and Bronx. then, and then Campbell really, did, really didn't play well, in my opinion, against Vancouver. Just didn't make any no. any no. big saves, really. And, yeah, and like obviously comparing him to Demko is a little unfair because Demko is pretty good. But like, especially at the end, good. he's he's really good. And at he's the end really of the game, especially like the Leafs were hammering him with chance after chance after chance after chance, and like he was like making saves yeah. left, right, side, doing a great job. But yeah, we we couldn't buy a save in that one. Was- so going back, I remember a point that we made. Remember, I was like against the last game against Vancouver, I said to you, "Didn't this feel like the playoffs games against Montreal?" <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Guess what? What it did it the way Vancouver played defense in that game, it felt like that as well. But the Leafs got four goals and you know a what? bunch of chances. And they honestly played really well in like spurts in that game where they mm-hmm. were like absolutely dominant. Mm-hmm. They could not get the puck off them. They came out so flat to start the third period. That was unbelievably bad. And yeah. that's why they lost because they two quick goals go in and now you're, you're chasing. You're fighting, yeah. You're mm-hmm. chasing. And I remember looking like they were dominating the expected goals battle going to the intermission. I go look at like 10 minutes left in the period. It's like, Vancouver had like an expected goal to the Leafs, like none in the, in the third period. They were essentially have had all of the mm-hmm. share of the offense in that third period, and you could tell. And then ten minutes left, twelve minutes left, the Leafs start pushing again, and get a lot of good chances. But that start of the period really hurt them in that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have here like a lot of tipped goals. I'm all week, at. yeah. All week, a lot of tipped goals. Yeah, uh, like the fourth goal, the shot gets through from the point. It's tipped. Like, Campbell read it well. It just got through him, really. Yeah, it's, it's weird how the, some of them are going through. Like, because there's some tips where I'm like, hey, that's – there's one for, um, against Mrazek in the Columbus game where I forget which um, guy. Oh, it was the Domi shot, and it was tipped on the way to the net. Where mm-hmm. it was like, there's no way he was saving that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he'd have to have superhuman reflexes. Yeah. The Campbell one, like you said, it was like a slow tip, and it, he was in he the read right – He was in the right spot to save it. It just somehow goes through him. Yeah, there's a few where you can tell, like, okay, you're reacting to the shot, and then on a tip, most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, you're at the mercy of wherever just the puck goes because you've reacted to that shot. You're not re-reacting again. You're just hoping your initial position is strong enough that you're stopping that tip shot. I let in a couple tip goals this week. Still one, by the way. Just have to throw that in there. Um, And I was just – it made me think of, like, the Toronto Maple Leafs so heavily because they – it's like a sickness. It's just jammed that far hard into my brain where it's like, damn, like I was in very good position to stop this puck. And then guy in front just tips it in. It's like, 
what am I supposed to do about that, right? And that leads into kind of not to change subjects, but the net front defense, right? It's terrible. You want to unpack that a bit or what? Um, I just want to get into the goaltending as Mm -hmm. well. There was a goal. So the goal where Labushkin and Dermott were on the ice yesterday, it was the second Seattle goal. It was a nice play by Jordan Eberle. Posts up on Labushkin, just reads the defense like a book. Campbell comes out and he challenges on that play. It was a pass across, and it was like an open net. It was like, oh, he had no chance. But when you watch Campbell on this play, I thought it was really odd. It's an odd man rush unfolding right in front of you. He comes out, he challenges, perfect. Great position to stop that shot there. He's not tracking back at all. He has no momentum back. It doesn't even seem like he's expecting a pass at all. And then as a result, that's why it looked like such a wide open just pass across. I feel like he just didn't expect it at all. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe like I'm trying to find like a former pro goalie to like take a look at it and try to give me a read on it as well so I can better get a better look. But to me, Campbell's just flat-footed on that. It's it's a good goal. It's not like I'm not blaming Campbell, but he could have read that a lot better. Was that the third goal? Second. 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 I believe okay, okay. it was. Let me find it. Because I, I remember no, after one, I, I, I'm not sure if it was the second or third, but again, like the the Campbell looking defeated, like looking up to the sky and looking down at the ground, like how did that, this go in? Like loss of confidence kind of thing. But um, maybe he fe- maybe he felt the same way as you're you're describing it right now, where he felt like he could have done something, maybe he could have tra- tracked back and gotten it. But um, as a goalie, almost on every goal, he feels. Yeah, like that. that's I mean, true. But I think know, uh, if you're for, not a pretty Madonna for but. this <laughs> for the Seattle game in particular, I thought that um, I thought that of of the four goals against, I thought only one. Like was really like a, okay maybe he could have saved that yeah, and I like think that was the Susie fourth goal one right was pretty good mm-hmm. I believe there was another tip goal in there as well that was yeah. the fourth one on Jeremy Lausanne um, the second one as I mentioned was off the rush and then the third one was Colin there was one in there Colin Blackwell um, short handed off a nice William Nylander muffin as that I mentioned no he, didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't play that well five on five that game no but yeah I uh, actually I think. Despite, sorry, in spite of the amount of goals they've given up the last two games, I even think Marazic against Columbus wasn't mm-hmm. bad. He made a yeah. couple big saves. Yeah. It yeah. was, I believe, after Columbus tied the game, he he made a really big save where it was a, a kind of a screen point shot. He was in good position, made the save, and then made the rebound save as well. Yeah, like I I thought he was he was he was solid. Like the goaltending isn't making that many big saves, but they're not presented with the opportunity mm-hmm. to make. Yeah, that may, like maybe Campbell was on like a couple of those plays there, but like Mrazek, when you look at the goals, it was like just like really just like sh- shitty plays in front. It's not like oh a two on one and he gets a shot or oh a breakaway and he he's able to a clear breakaway he's able to make a save there. It's a lot of tips, it's a lot of screens, it's a lot of like junk. And I even felt like in the Vancouver game they were purposely sending it back to the point just to get point shots on net, like on purpose. That was their game plan. Expose that weakness. I, yeah, I believe it. I, I'm so overall. What do you think? What's going? Like, we, we can't not talk so, about the goalie situation. I think it's gone. Like, I think they've gotten better th- this week than they've looked the past weeks. I think, like, definitely not a great, like, a huge improvement. But I think Last there's week was the seven goal. Game yeah, I think I think there was a lot of goals that were. I, I think I think there was a lot less goals this week that you could attribute to the goalie saying that they should have made yeah. those saves, regardless of the other players on the ice. This week, I think there was a lot less of those. I think in the Columbus and yeah. Seattle combined, there was only one or two, honestly. So I, the, the, other than that, they were just 
either breakdowns defensively or just good plays from the other team that like led to goals. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same. It's not a good. You're not like wow, our goaltending's playing well, but it's like whatever. It's like you could be doing a lot better defensively. I'm also mentally blocking out the Buffalo game. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say you guys are just ignoring the first two games, which is fair because there's two more recent games where they played better, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think if we did this podcast on Saturday night. It'd be a, be a much different more tone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, Buffalo Against Buffalo, Peter Mrazek was just not good. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but uh, I found that a goalie that challenges so far we've seen in the past, it was very interesting to see him pretty deep in his net against some of those goals on the Buffalo. Tage Thompson rebound. Or yeah. Not rebound, but it was like a broken play just – turned and wired it on net and Mrazek was like basically in the net that first Riley goal even too oh no, no. on the Tate Thompson goal he was already down yeah yeah that, like in he the was net. small in the net very small that's where it was like like what the hell like maybe that 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 kind of that's another factor why Jack Campbell was just so far out of his net on that goal that I'm talking about that he didn't track back because he just has no confidence like if I track back I'm too deep in my net they're not getting that pass across. It's going to end up in the back of the net, right? Yeah. He took care of his man. The defenseman didn't care, take care of his. So, The magic question now is who, who starts on tomorrow, right? Or tonight if you're listening to the um, podcast on Thursday. Against Arizona? Yeah. Mrazek. Really? I think it'll be Mrazek. I'm, like, guaranteeing it. And then they give Campbell – because Campbell's been with the Leafs longer. They give him the Heritage Classic game, uh, right? So there's that. But also uh-huh. I think Peter Mrazek deserves that next game. Like interesting, I, you know what? I didn't factor the heritage classic aspect to it, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, like Campbell against yeah, like I don't know. It's not really like no one's oh, done like, anything to say. Yeah, oh, this nobody has yeah, stolen. Yeah, no one, like, yeah. It's unbelievable. After it's you. Like, yeah. No, after you. Yeah. Also, even for Campbell, like I assume this weighs on him as well. But you're playing for millions. Like you're mm-hmm. UFA. Like yeah. zeros, you know. Like he's. I saw the poll that you shared in our group from Kevin Papetti, which was essentially if you had a chance to sign, Cam- like if Campbell had a chance to sign right now, like you're saying he's just signing today. Three years, $4 million. Who I says no? I think that was Jason. Mm-hmm. Or you that, yeah. Who says no? Three years, $4 million per. Toronto says no. Campbell says no. Done deal. Or like, let's see the results. It was an overwhelming Toronto says no mm-hmm. was the wow. poll result. Yeah. Like overwhelming. Oof. Yeah. I think at the beginning of the year, um, so Jack Campbell's old goaltending partner, Cal Peterson in L.A., got three years, five mil per. I believe, I can't remember where I heard this, but Campbell was offered three mil, four and a half or four by the Leafs at the beginning of the year, and he said no. He said no to three years, four and a half. I might be imagining this, but I swear I heard somewhere that. That's that's surprising. I believe it might have been overdrive. That's surprising to me. I th- I think I believe Jamie McLennan said that. I think like I know you you we've maybe mentioned, it was a rumor. I don't we, know. We've mentioned like to compare him to like oh the six years six mil. I don't think he's even close to deserving that. No, not anymore. <laughs> right. He's but but even apart. back then it was like he's still young ish. He's not old for a goalie. Mm-hmm. No, he's uh, thirty. Yeah, he's thirty this year. So you could do three years and sign another. Three deal. years, not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, or do two years at that. I, the Leafs would do that. Or maybe the Blues are looking to move one goalie. Yeah, but now the, who's going to take? Season. Who's going to take Bennington's contract now? That's six million. Well, Someone that's would. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's Ville Uso versus Bennington. I, I 
think after this year they'd like to go with the mar- the the cap efficiency absolutely Villeuso and see see how he rides out the rest of the year hundred yeah. percent I don't know maybe I'm just making no, you stuff are hundred percent but right. some a thought that occurred to me but overall this week what would you give the goaltending in terms of a rating C plus maybe I go C minus yeah I like D. Okay. The first the the Vancouver the game. Games were I was brutal. doing the clips if they got yeah. a little spicy because I was getting upset. So I was like, <laughs> then I did the poll at the end. Like, should we yeah. get a new goalie? Just wanted to fire the boys up, but, <laughs> but it, it, it it's becoming a thing. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't give them higher than a D because it's still until the okay. trade deadline comes and goes and they haven't traded for a goalie. I don't I, think they will. I don't. Th- I think it's I don't about think they a, will either. A, yeah, one Do, one yeah. or two percent chance they trade for a goalie. Yeah. Considering Jake Muzzin's back on the ice, no, we'll get to that. But so there's no LTIR space there, no space. Damn it. No, You're working even, with two million, I think less. Like the accrued cap, all the accrued cap space is now officially gone. All the cap space that they were accruing over the past whatever, like before Jake Muzzin went LTIR, like if you are over the cap, it like shrinks. Whereas and they're if you're over the, the cap, they were him. over the cap with Jake Muzzin on LTIR. So their accrued cap space as of March 9th is zero, essentially. I don't know. Someone, they keep talking about mm-hmm. on the radio, and Friedman, Chris Johnson. They, they have one deal, apparently. Th- but they said the, the Leafs are acting as if they have two to two and a half million dollars of cap space to work with. Okay, so maybe, I don't know. That's that's what I read and what I understood from the like looking at their cap space. But I could be wrong. But, but that I, could also be uh, Justin Hall or Travis Dermott. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. That they, they, the thing with the Leafs is they, they can make cap. They can make cap space easily. None. Well, like, if you look at their roster, also they have essentially have eight defensemen. Yes. They have. Someone's they have fourteen move. forwards and eight defensemen someone's right now. Got, someone has roster. to move. Someone has to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't keep all of them, and then play all of them, right? Yeah. I have a good suggested trade for later. Just remind me. Ooh. Yeah. All I right. Like I hope we remember. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the defense, shall we? Uh, yes, we shall. All right. Um, Riley Lilgren. What would you give that a rating? An F? Honestly, you know what? I, I'm going to abstain from rating because I think the bad grade should go to the coach mm-hmm. for this because That's I fair. don't think they're putting these guys in the best position to succeed. I mean, every night they're like – there's a big error that they make in front. And I know yep. overall their numbers look good, like pretty solid. Well, they get a lot of offensive zone starts. They play with Matthews most of the time. Yeah. But they've had some absolute breakdowns in the defensive zone. Just horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> and I like Timothy Lilgren, but I don't know why Ilya Lubushkin's not playing with Morgan Riley. I Two think assists was, last night, Timothy Lilgren. I, I, st- I still think he's a good player, but they're – there's also too many errors that are going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You could see, like, it's so frustrating watching him, but in terms of just looking at him, okay, this is his rookie year. He's a he's on the men. Like, he's trending for, uh, I think Evolving Wild has him ranked in their Calder rankings kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah, his expected that. goals number is low. Really good. Offensively, he's looking good. He's getting point shots through. That's why he he's got, got an assist. Fifteen points in forty games. Like that's a thirty point. Yeah, I believe Alex Romanov on Montreal has like seventeen career points. Oh come on! <laughs> Just wanted to throw that one out there. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of his own end, it's just it's it is so ugly. Mm-hmm. Like there was one goal we were watching. I, um, I sent the clip. I don't know. Someone was trying to blame it on Riley, 
and when you watch the full clip, it's just Logan just leaves his guy in oh, front yeah. of him. Oh, yeah. Was that, was that Columbus or, yeah, or Vancouver? Columbus. Yeah, 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 it was like an argument on, like, whose man it was, but you... Like, w- the way we watched it was you saw Lilligren, like, cross-check the guy in front and l- lift his stick. So you're assuming, then, okay, I'm assuming that man. And then and he then just, just skates away from him. And then he's, oh, Marner's, like, not even a full step behind his guy, like, still manageable away mm-hmm. from him. And Riley's in that area, too. Like, why did you leave this guy it wide also, open in front of him? just looks so bad when that happens in the NHL. Yeah. Like, you never see that happen no. where a guy yeah. in the zone – there's a high cycle, yes. and the guy ends up with nobody within five feet of him in front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, in front of his net, in, like, in his own end, it's so bad. But in terms of what I really, really, like, I'm going to go positive on Lilgren now. I like that. Obviously, as, I'm, as I've mentioned, the handles are good. Oh, one last negative. Um, I think they're telling him to dump the puck in way too much. It's just very clear. He just, like, he gets it, and it's just a, just slaps it in. Like, I think that's by design. I think yeah, it's right. by design, unfortunately, though. Right? Like, he shouldn't be doing that. He's good enough to enter the zone and mm-hmm. make a play from there. But what I've really liked when watching him this week, getting the puck in his own end off a dump in under pressure, he either is able to move the puck pretty well, or the other thing I really like, takes contact and frees the puck up for a teammate. He takes contact pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's a lot of positives to Timothy Lilligren's game. Unfortunately, the negatives are just killing him every single night, and he's giving up goals every single night. Absolutely. But, but sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's not, like, I honestly believe the last three games, I'm pretty sure, like, that, that pairing was responsible for at least two goals a game, which is. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, like, and that's just not, not good enough. But also, like, we love the numbers. I love looking yes. at the numbers. And he has pretty consistently good mm-hmm. expected goals share all year, right? Yeah. But now it's like it's not a, a fad. If it, It's been about, I don't know, five games these mm-hmm. guys playing against each other. And they have one or two yeah. absolute monumental errors that lead to a goal. It's mm-hmm. important. And they to have note. more that don't lead to yeah. a goal, by the way. Yeah. It's important to note expected goals does not take into account pre shot movements. That's it true. takes into account the shot location and the shooter. So, if you're giving up a backdoor pass, wide open net, like, that's a pretty great opportunity, and it leads to a goal. It's only worth, like, 0.2 expected goals, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so then, uh, it's, it's definitely not perfect. That's why we see. Yeah. But it also incorporates some of the things you're saying where he's moving the puck well. He's, he's, he's doing a lot of good things. Like, I would not just, like, take into these mistakes just to be the be-all, end-all, but, like, he is. He's, he, there's a lot to be improved with Timothy Lilgren's game, and I'm understanding what you're saying in terms of he won't be on the playoff roster. I also had a take to Jason that you're not ready for because you're not going to like it. Like, I try to think of how the Leafs are trying to build their defense. Do you think they envision a future defense core that has offensive only Morgan Riley? Five foot eleven Rasmus Sandin and five foot eleven six foot Timothy Lilligren all on the same uh. defense core. And I'm not saying for sure because I think you can absolutely make a defense core work with those three players. There's nothing wrong with that. I've talked about it before. Colorado's think, top two has two really short yeah. thin guys. But I think the hope is that he gets better defensively. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they're ho- they're throwing him in the fire right now. The hope is like you have all this tape now. Hey, Timothy, like you sucked complete ass in your own end last year. Like on the third pairing, you're not seeing that. 
almost at all. No, no. Mm-hmm. The first pairing, though, those mistakes are glaring. Yeah. A lot of things to work on now. So Maybe we hope next year, like, hey, like, we're going to give you another opportunity beginning of next year. If it doesn't work, ciao. But you're saying ciao next year, but again, we're looking at the roster. Hall has another year. Dermott has another year. Yeah. Sandine's for not going anywhere. He's a restricted free agent. They're yeah, going to pay Sandine. And Lilgren's a restricted free agent. So those guys are all technically still here mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. That On top of Riley, Brody, Muzzin. What if they want to bring back Lubushkin? What if they trade for yeah. a defenseman with term? It's a log jam back there. That's it why. Yeah, we'll see. I think that this is Kyle Dubas's. This is going to be like a big thing. This is his defining moment as the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's no doubt in my mind. How he manages this trade deadline yeah. is a hundred percent going to be like his. How it will be remembered? Because honestly. we were looking. There's an athletic article that was released was it three days ago. A, a day, yeah, or yesterday. Yesterday, I think. Ranking yeah. all of Kyle Dubas's trades or his there's best not a lot to worst. Of good one. There's, there's not. I was surprised that there's. There's good. There's bad, and there's some ugly. What ones. Was it Cam? Like Campbell was a good trade. Muzzin. Yeah. Muzzin. I mean, even though Trevor Moore is playing very well right now, yeah. and Jake Muzzin, even but, though Sean Dersey's playing, but that's very well. <laughs> but that's one of those where you got to give prospects <laughs> yeah. to get it happens. Yeah. At the time of the trade, it looked very, very good for the Leafs, right? Like, and you can't like look back and then undo it. Oh nope, that's not a good trade anymore. Yeah. Right. Shout out Mason Marchman, um, but yeah, like even the like looking at the bad ones, like obviously the Felina one. Um, the Kadri one, which I think Felina one, when you're looking back on it, I all mean, the insurance deals that they had to do last you year, you yeah. keep bringing deadline. that up. And like, we talk about, well, they have no picks this year. It's like, yeah, they gave a third for Riddick, third for they Riddick gave a because there was for... literally no other goaltenders available. Well, Anton Forsberg. Well, he only had like one good and game. What did they, they gave a fifth but, for the defense uh, and the H Hutton. Yeah. Ben Hutton. A fifth for him. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the lineup. For Anaheim last year, he was a serviceable player for them. Mm-hmm. They just needed insurance on the left side, which, looking back, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like the funny, like I, I, I think Kyle Dewis has some very defined strengths as a GM. Like mm-hmm. he yeah. does really well. But like the fourth best trade on this list is the Labushkin trade. <laughs> and Nick Ritchie has five points in five games. The fifth one is Galchenyuk for Korshkov and Wolf, Worst, whatever this guy's name. Nice little spin around. Uh, Turnover and overtime. like those. That's not a and mm-hmm. one of the the sixth ones. Jared McCann. Like the tr- the trading has not unfortunately gone. But even before he was there, yeah. like the Leafs have not done. The what about the best. the Kapanen one? Was a nice one. That was that's the second best trade on this list or the third best trade on the list. What's the number one? Uh, Campbell, Muzzin, Kapanen. Those are the top three. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sounds about right. Kapanen yeah. trade was really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially when you look at like what wingers were signing for afterwards or what they were being traded for. Yeah. Like, what a joke. You gave up all that for Kapanen. I know. Who a lot of fans are sick of. Yeah, he's the same He's guy. got his strengths and weaknesses. He's the same guy, though. <laughs> like we said back then, it was like he's got the physical tools. If he can add this, this, yeah, this, yeah. and this. But he hasn't added this, no, this, he hasn't. <laughs> but back to my point, it's like, and I'm, I'm sure there's, there's definitely GMs who've made worse trades. Everyone for makes sure. good trades, bad yeah. trades. But that's why I think this is his, this mm-hmm. is the moment. Like, what do you do? It's it, you're in the toughest division in hockey. You got a goaltending issue. You got a defense issue, and you have a second line issue. "Quote unquote." I don't mm-hmm. think so, but like an improvement to, that could be made. So mm-hmm. what yeah. what are you gonna do? And you have limited yeah. pieces because limited you shot pieces your foot. and limited cap space. Yeah, and, this and, is, this and might be it. super limited cap space. With, and, if and might comes be back. who knows? Like I don't know. Is his job on the line? I don't think so. But people, wait, wait, wait. everyone's saying that the mask mandate in Ontario is ending on the twenty first. When's the trade deadline? Twenty first. 
I'm not saying, <laughs> but like we're talking D. Like I saw Frank Saravalli say, Lynn Holmes out there. Like they're, they're, the extension has not. They're uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're yeah, they're uh, exploring. We'll call it out there. I feel like that's like a, a, a the GM just trying to like part of a negotiation tactic. I think kind of the similar thing with Philip Forsberg. You know what? Maybe, but then the difference is it's a brand new GM. So why like? I guess yeah. you know. I don't it, know. It, Maybe, yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah. As opposed to David Poyles, who's been off. there for twenty mm-hmm. years, he's like, yeah. well, all right, Phil, you're gonna sign here or not? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, here's the number, take it or leave it, kind yeah. of thing. Like they know that Forsberg, they want him, mm-hmm. yeah. so that's why we can say that's kind of BS. He might not know if you if Lindholm is. Yeah, I'm I've sure been, he scouted him a lot. It's been interesting. I've been chatting with a lot of people via DM on Insta. And, like, the thing that just keeps coming up, it's like, okay, the right-handed D that are available have a lot of deficiencies. The left-handed D that are available are good fits, but it's like, are they going to be able to play the right side? Or is someone else on the Leafs going to be able to play the right side? It's a little bit of a gamble there. So, like, if you just, as we've been clamoring for, if you just go out and get a good player on D, it's going to end up being a left-handed defenseman unless it's a right-handed one that we didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And then you're kind of rolling the dice. Okay, like this guy's going to have to play right side. But I, I think it's a simple fix where you don't have to have the top four D. You could have Riley, lefty, Muzzin, lefty, Giordano or other unnamed D playing on the left. Then you have Brody, Labushkin, and you make Sandin play right D. He's done it before. Yeah. I think he would do it. Third pairing, he can do it. I think think he can. But it could be a third pairing with a Mark Giordano or a Jake Muzzin. That's a good pairing. But then it also becomes five of your six D are left-handed. Yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Just an interesting little point there. Didn't didn't Vegas roll that last year for a bit, or am I thinking? No, no, they didn't. Sorry. No, I I, I thought there was a team that was rolling. Junior team was all left-handed. The Canadian World Junior team. I forgot. I wonder if there's a guy that would. Come to Toronto and just move to the right side and try it. That's why I don't I, I yeah. don't know. That'll be interesting. So you're gonna be under the microscope too. It's yeah. not gonna be easy at all. So just an interesting little tidbit to throw out there. Because we're getting close. We're twelve I days know. away from the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, well, Scott Mayfield's a guy like right handed, big, but like so aggressive in front of his own net, just fills that void. But then if you insert Mayfield, get rid of Lilgren. You're completely taking away yeah. all the things that Timothy Logan's good at. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Scott Mayfield sucks at those. And I, I heard from Islanders fans, he was totally carried by Pellick this year. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he, you're right. He, he outlined his skills really well. His, a big physical guy in front. His gap control isn't also isn't that good. But I, I also think that ideally... I, I don't, think the Islanders like him. And I don't think they're going to give a pre... We'll see. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give a premium for a one-dimensional defenseman. They yeah. better not. Yeah. yeah. That's the big thing. Like, I really, really hope if you're getting a Scott Mayfield, you're not giving up your your uh, Topi Nimalas, right? Mm-hmm. So, but then then it becomes it, that's why it, the D log jam is crazy because yeah. if if we're trading for a high value player, if I had to guess, I think it's like slightly better than a coin flip that it's more likely to be a pl- a prospect than a pick th- this year. Yeah, because they don't have that many picks. Yeah. So that leads me down the road, right? Yeah, I, I was just saying, like, going back to, like, we were talking about Lilligan on and Riley on, on that first pairing. Like, how much of that is, like, we talked about it last week with Robertson, maybe a showcase. Like, what if Lilligan playing up there for, for so how many games have been now? Five, six games. And they haven't looked spectacular. Like, this doesn't look like, okay, we're 
Like this doesn't look like a line you're ready to roll into the playoffs, right? Yeah, no chance. So, so I wonder if this is might be like okay, let's showcase Lillard and maybe, and I don't know if that's working, but or making it more well, positive. No, you're for them, just showing, just showing what it, what he can do. Twenty-two-year-old like, kid, exactly. like what he can do, what he can't mm-hmm. do, what you're gonna have to improve with him. Exactly. On. Yeah. So right? I wonder if that's maybe part of. I did see a pretty bananas one. I was, um, I think it was Friedman reported that possibly Subban in New Jersey terminate their contract and then he signs Holy. wherever he wants. But so, a um, lot of GMs would be very upset with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he, we don't it. need him. No, he's, no, no, no. He's not but good. even, I don't even think at retained at four and a half, he has any value. Well, if he's terminated, well, I know I'm just league men. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want him in the top four. He's, I don't, I stinks. don't, he's lost, he's lost a, a step or yeah. two or 50. And all like, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like turn, people are probably saying terminate the contract. Why don't they trade him? Well, he makes 9 million. They cannot. Nobody mm-hmm. wants even, him at four and a half. Even if they, exactly. Even if they retain half, I don't think nobody wants him do at half. Do you, would you trade a fifth round pick to get him double retained? No, no, because just, I don't, I don't think like, people, I think our only, third, line, our third no, pairing I'm, is fine. We don't need a yeah. third pairing D. That's what he would be. I, I just find in general. If, sorry. if I was Boston, maybe mm-hmm. if I yeah. was a team, uh, who else is, has some depth issues on D. I'm trying to think. Um, this, the thing is, not a lot of teams do have Colorado. Issues. Maybe, maybe Carolina has a ton yeah. of D. Uh, I think they're looking for D. Apparently, oh yeah, Carolina. That's what I heard. But we'll oh yeah, because D'Angelo got injured. That's why. Yeah. Um. Last thing, well, I guess we didn't talk about Bush and Dermot. They're looking a lot very aggressive. Uh, Bush again. I'm gonna say you said it last week. Can I just steal yeah. what you said? As advertised. As yeah. advertised. Defense. No offense. Played a full like two minutes in his own end. Bench was right there with no stick. That made no sense. It's wild. But he was mauling some Dermot guys. Dermot looked really. He, Dermot was mauling guys in front mm-hmm. of the net, too. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I think Dermot will play in the league on a third pair for like yeah. a good five, six more years. Like he can play anywhere in the league on the third exactly. pair. We, he's shown it here. It's just you ideally want him to play in the top four. He, every night it looks like, oh, why isn't this guy getting more minutes? And then you give him more minutes. It's like, okay, no, get this guy off our team. You know what? <laughs> you, you mentioned it. it he start, everyone that plays with Labushkin like, gets a little grittier. If he played with like 25% more grit, I guarantee he would find a top four role somewhere Dermot? in the NHL. Yeah. He's playing grittier yeah. now. I know. And how does so, it look? Looks, looks good. good. It looks good. I he like was, it. I love it. And it wasn't just the Seattle I game. I showed too. you guys yeah. that clip. He mm-hmm. just took out Gord in front of the net. Like, oh, sorry. We we'll need keep, more of that. Keep jumping subject, but I, I mentioned this before. Like these guys, Hall and Dermot, just because they're not fitting on the Leafs, I hope they don't, they're not held as like just cap dumps, you know? Yeah. Those guys have not. value. Yeah, especially with how they played last. Year. Like, like Hull played last. Like year. everyone's talking about getting a D who has term. Like, those guys could be on the market. Yeah. As this like, past week, has Hole looked bad? No, I barely noticed them. Yeah, it's been fine. Well, yeah. That pairing's but been like steady. It's but yeah. also that's the Brody effect a bit. My I think. big you, thing though, my big issue with Brody has been this week. His net front sucks. Yeah, because I don't know if people necessarily realize because he's good defensively. He's, he's very good defensively. He's not a physical player. Mm-hmm. No, look how he's many hits very he has. good with his stick. Mm-hmm. Very good with his stick, breaking up plays, stopping plays off the rush. Like his footwork, staying with guys, his footwork is exceptional. Just staying body on body. In front of the net, oh my. Like he's let up so many goals. Against Vancouver, he had a rough go at it. Like last night, very good assist. But I don't think last night he gave up a net front goal. But he he gave up a few this week, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. I, I think just, I don't yeah. think it's a strength of his. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I think that's why. At all, unfortunately, the one guy who it was a strength of was Jake Muzzin, mm-hmm. mm. right? 
So ideally, I'd love to roll that pairing. So would I. Brody Muzzin? She's got to find someone for Riley now. Labushkin, Jordano Sandin, done. I don't hate it. <laughs> I hope. Well, you think they? We, you I gotta give. Get, you, I I don't. I'm glad that they didn't rush Labushkin. And just go. Okay, here top four. Like go at it because it's a new team. You you need some adjusting. So I'm glad he's playing third pairing right now. Who knows? As I just said, I, by maybe Labushkin Miley. I'd sign him. Yeah, he's Could, looking good. I like. I'd it. give him Justin Hall's contract. Labushkin. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Or even the. I think Papetti or, tweeted it. The Yanni Hankip. Hankapara, Hankapara, he he got a one by five for three, three years. If they could swing that, that'd be great too. Oh, one one, one point five so by f- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> he's not bad. He's like he's steady. Like I he's think they so would have, I think they would have brought back Bogosian at one point five. He wanted to come back mm-hmm. instead. He went to play in Tampa for nine hundred k. Eight fifty for three years. Eight fifty for three. Exactly. That's crazy. Well, he gets yeah. basically all that money. Tournament. He gets, to live in he gets li- yeah. <laughs> yeah, doesn't have to deal with restrictions, which is apparently a big thing with him. Yeah. Um, Anything else with the D? Yeah, so my can I talk about my hypothetical trade? Yeah. Because I was saying to Jason, I keep saying this, but we do talk a lot of hockey at home. Um, if I'm Seattle, like, they're good defensively. I mentioned this before. The yeah. Leafs pumped them like, with goals, but it happens. Again, look at their goalie. I've, when was the last time you saw an NHL goalie give three five-hole goals? In Muffin five-hole goals. The only one that I kind of give him – a little slack for was the the Marner power play one because it was like such a I don't know if you expected him to shoot at yeah. all and it was such a quick moving deception shot he, 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 he rinsed on he had good point. deception it there. was great yeah. but the other one, like the, like you said the Nylander one I have no idea how that puck went in but it did it did so you look at Seattle I think I think a guy like Justin Hall who was rumored to have interest from the Seattle Kraken at the expansion draft so we dangled Justin Hall. We have Mark Giordano. How big is the difference between those two players in terms of their perceived value right now, I'd wonder? I don't know. From what I read somewhere, Giordano's asking price is still very high. Okay, so it's high. But Hall still has another year. If they run him through the Seattle ringer, either they can keep him or they could trade him at next year's deadline. Yeah, so that, that could be a value to them. I just wonder, like, at the expansion draft, their asking prices were too high. Is it going to be the same thing? Is it going to be the same? But I, but I don't. Go ahead. I was going to say I, themselves in the I, I don't think they're going to make that same mistake twice because I think especially how this season goes, no matter what they thought at the expansion draft, they're probably having some second thoughts about the way they went about it in in the sense of getting value, maybe because I, I hope. they didn't they definitely didn't maximize the value that they could have no. gotten on some players. They were terrible. Um, but. Yeah, like I think I, I think I hope that they're that's what they're thinking for our sake, at least sake. But um. so I I agree, and I also think there's a part of it that's like a make good for Giordano. Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah. like we talked about before, he, he, he came does. In, mm-hmm. He was their captain. Like he didn't complain at all. Mm-hmm. He could have said, "Well, I don't really want to play here. Trade me." He yeah. didn't. He's played no, pretty guy. well this season. Mm-hmm. I think gave they, us a couple power plays. I think I think. Ron Francis, you know, he's an old school guy, played in the league. He probably respects if he wants to be traded, right? And I think it makes sense to trade him. Yeah. So my question is, what plus Hall would get you Giordano? A one. A one? Yeah. I'm not doing that to you. I'm wondering if, okay, so. Are you doing that trade at first and no, Hall for no, Giordano? No, 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 no. So I'm wondering if the Leafs could swing it without even giving a pick. Because something that uh, Allison Lukin, who is, covers the. Seattle Kraken for the Athletic. Fantastic. She's, she's amazing. Great. She's a, she, I think she was 
calling she some of the games too. Color game because JC Brown had COVID. Yeah, she writes. I swear co- she's an analyst for them. She is. She is. Yeah, I think. I think. I don't, I don't she, think she works for the Athletic. Not anymore. I don't believe. Okay. So. Anyway, she's whatever. She's a good. She's great. Yes. Uh, she was on the radio with Jeff Merrick, and she was talking about like what Seattle would look for in the off season. And one thing that she mentioned that stood out to me is that like their AHL team is like it's going to be new. They basically have like no AHL players or like kind of guys prospects who are like not ready but close to being ready to bring up. And I'm wondering if the Leafs could maybe swing them some prospects like some AHL guys instead of having to give a bunch of picks to like swing the Giordano deal. I don't know who those players would be. I know, but like a Steve's or like a, I don't no. I don't know like Nick Abrazzi. Yeah. Ah, uh, shoot. We I'm like that guy though. <laughs> Damn it. Justin Hall, Nick Abrazzi, maybe you got to grease in at twenty twenty three. Ivy League Player mm-hmm. of the Year, yeah. third or fourth, but I don't. I don't think Giordano's going for a first. I don't. Yeah. Wow. I don't think that's the asking price. Um, I don't think anyone's going to pay a first for him. I don't. No. No, I don't. Mm. So, Justin Hall, Nick Abrazzi, and a mid round pick for Mark Giordano. That doesn't feel like enough. Maybe it's hearing, not enough. Maybe it's not enough. Especially hearing that the, the asking price is too high right now. I just don't feel like that's enough. I think you'd have to give up a little more. Well, I, I think it'd be a – yeah. But uh, I'm just – like that's the type of guy that they'd probably yeah. be interested in because yeah. if he comes in right away and like, like they, they bring him to the pro after this season, comes in right away and plays really well, there's room in their forward group. They have a ton of UFAs as well, yeah. RFAs, UFAs. And if not – Start him in the AHL team. Mm-hmm. Be the best player on your AHL team. Yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, that would be ideal. Yeah. So if no one takes a crack at Giordano first, I think this would make sense because I think that the value will come. Like if they don't trade Giordano at the deadline, that's like a colossal mistake for them. I think that's just a huge. Like they're not making the playoffs. You like, could say they want to keep him. You like could say it's for a crack in their plan. <laughs> but like for, for what purpose would you have of keeping him? Like unless you resign him, which they maybe they want to be good next year. They resign McCann five five. Yeah, but. But like McCann's a little different than 36-year-old Giordano. Who, I'm just saying. Right? No, I know. I'm yeah. Just yeah. playing the devil's advocate. I I would have like realistically, if I was in that, I would a thousand percent trade him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it wouldn't make any mm-hmm. sense to keep him yeah. at all. Him and Yarncroc would be both on the way out. Yarncroc would be a guy I'd be looking for. Yes. like the the 21-year-old version of Yarncroc, if that makes sense. Like get a good cost control. Remember, he signed for like five years at like one point two years, seven mil. Yeah. Or sorry. Two mil seven, seven years. years, and he's been pretty good over that contract. All right, not bad, right? Decent, so, as you expect, so, pretty much for two two mil seven years, and then they signed. Swear they signed another guy, then like three mil seven years as well. Like really weird contracts you never see. But what would you give the defense for this week? Still not good. I think C minus. Yeah, I think C minus is appropriate. So I, 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 somehow every week. It, not that it's getting worse, but the net front keeps becoming an issue. Jason brought it up. I'm not kidding. January, whatever the first game yeah. back was. And no one was talking about it then, but mm-hmm. it's been the exact same issue for The funniest for two was months. when there was a clip from Mark Masters, like, oh, they're working on their net front defense, and the rep they showed was terrible. Yeah. But I think he deleted that tweet. Did he? I don't, I don't know. know. I posted it. <laughs> yeah, like, Nylander was free yeah. in front, and Tavares just completely bodied. I think it was Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're working on it. It's like, well... I hope they get a lot better. We have yeah. a game tomorrow. <laughs> so wrapping up the D, Jake Muzzin, is he coming back then? He's skating. So I think he'll be back before the end of the year Yeah. to uh, the demise of all cap-friendly GMs. But I think I I obviously would have preferred to use the LTIR if they can. Yeah. Jake Muzzin, just, I guess he's an honest guy, doesn't like to cheat, uh, unlike the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
I I would love that cap space, like just so that like I I wish he wasn't skating right now, selfishly, just so that we can get a little bit more content, a little bit more trade content from. I mean, I, I bet the Athletic, TSN, Sportsnet—they're all kicking themselves. Like, mm-hmm. Ah, there goes a week's worth of content for me in terms of Leafs trade board because the cap space just went down a ton. But so if if sucks, let, let me. I keep throwing out these ideas. If it's just Justin Braun that the Leafs add. I haven't watched him enough. But I'm just like that type of yeah. player. Are you the disappointed? Yes. Can he move the puck at all? He's a defense, defense, like Labushkin style off, uh, player impact. I haven't watched him a lot either. But uh, You're rolling the dice, I think. Like, you're, like that's, is that, that's you're not attempting enough. attempting to address not a enough. need. I agree, yeah. However, you're attempting to address a need. However, like you are rolling the dice because how will he fit? Mm-hmm. And then, like, what if you leave trade deadline and you traded for Braun, but Florida got Giroux, and Boston got I don't know Klingberg, Ben Sherratt, Giordano, Giordano. You know what I mean? And then, oh geez, and who knows? Someone gets Lindholm. Uh, then it becomes oh wow, because Boston's coming up on the Leafs. Oh yeah, quick too. They're hot right now. Jeremy yeah. Swayman is. So we'll see. I, I, I think people like the speculation. We kind of do it every week, but yeah. it's it's always changing. At one point, Hall was being traded for sure. At one point, Dermott was the guy that was gone. Yeah. Muzzin's on LTIR. Now he's coming back. Like These variables keep changing. It's such a fascinating yeah. scenario. It really is. It's uh, very fluid. Well, we'll see. I think trade deadline's March 21st. It's March 9th now. Everyone listen, March 10th, so 11 days, whatever. I think more can still trade. I mean, change. Mm-hmm. I think there's more movement that could still happen. And I always think that there's just going to be that surprise trade that's going to happen uh, before the deadline kind of thing. Yeah. Or at the deadline. I mean, you look at so many teams, like nobody really expects, are the Flyers going to blow it up or are they not? Um, Vancouver just got a new GM. What's their direction going to look like? Anaheim got a new GM. What's their direction going to look like? A few other teams where they're kind of like Detroit. What's Detroit going to do there? Fire Blashell, hope like in terms of Detroit fans wise, hopefully fire. He's been terrible, and they just got rinsed by the Arizona Coyotes nine two with no Phil Kessel to yeah. add. That's crazy that that happened. So just to put that out there. But, like, we don't know what like, – I think these GMs, too, they're under a tight guide, uh, dot deadline, and it's real – I think they could really sway what's going on. But I also think a lot of trades are in place. Just a lot of GMs are waiting for that accrued cap space yeah, to really fill point. up as well. Mm-hmm. And they're, we're just being left in the dark. So, so a lot expl- of trade explain that deadline. quickly to the people who don't know what accrued caps – like, I know we did it before, but just why is it better to wait till the deadline? Simply because if you're under the cap – you like the amount you're under the cap. I don't know whatever the numbers are. You get more cap yeah, as the, so the as longer, the day goes up. The longer you wait, the more cap space you, you have. have. Yes, yeah. as long as you're under the cap, which is why us being over the cap while Jake Muzzin is on LTIR was yeah. Because odd. each day Jake Muzzin is on LTIR, they get a little bit of cap space. Correct. Well, no. They so well, if they you're lose in, the if you're in LTIR, you don't accrue cap because space you, because you're be over LTIR. You're over the cap. Yes. Oh, and so you can keep your accrued cap space while still having a player on LTIR so long as you don't exceed the cap, right? So, um, and they did. They, they're they over it by like, I think like 
400k, which is like so weird because and they've kept Clifford up all year. Yeah, and they extended him today. Yeah, yeah, that was a little. I, about that. I think he might be like Marley's captain, take over for Clune kind of thing. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I saw. But before but we get into Clifford, before we get into the, the forwards, no. Before we get into the forwards, we want to talk to you about our favorite below the waist grooming products in Manscaped. So this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. As we mentioned, the best below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. They offer precision engineering tools for your family jewels. They just launched uh, their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer to you. 20% off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT. R-I-N-K-R-A-T at manscaped.com. I want to give a big shout-out to everyone that has used the code so far. And I want to give a shout-out to the men's league team, the Mighty Mutts, number one. They've been hammering that code. And to the Scarboroughs, who were hanging out on the weekend and decided to to check out Manscaped and use our code. So thank you to those guys. Appreciate Uh, it. Thank you to everyone that's supported manscaped and supported us throughout this like cannot say enough good things about manscaped the stuff they sent us is just like 12 out of 10 fantastic so good i'm gonna keep doing what i do every single week you put it on your armpits right when you wake up in the morning you take a nice little shower you put on your armpits and you're not sweating for the rest of the day well guess what they have something else for your package downstairs and it does the exact same thing it is the ball deodorant and it is fantastic if you are uh, sitting all day at work, staring at a computer, sometimes it can get a little sweaty. If you're going for a run, sometimes it can get a little sweaty. Whatever, whatever you're up to, after you shower, you put a little bit on your package, and it's so it's it. You feel like a new person. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's all I'll say. Get the ball deodorant. Manscaped.com rink code rink wrap. Let's get into the forwards, shall we? Yes. I wanted to. You mentioned Clifford, and then Manscaped. I wanted to make a joke there, but it's just. An appropriate one did not present itself. I I don't I don't want to dog on Kyle Clifford. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mean. Um, it's got a Simmonsy to me. Like, why the second year? Why I, I don't I don't fully get it. I know it sounds, but I, I just don't get it. But hey, I'm sure they have a plan for him. They don't use him. They kept him on the roster. Yeah, they've traded for him twice. Clearly, Kyle Dubas <laughs> likes Kyle Clifford. That's <laughs> well, he did actually. Like when he was working at. Uptown Sports, I believe, is the agency. The ones that they represent Ronaldo, Bertuzzi, uh, Blackwood, all those geniuses. Uh, I believe they they have Kyle Clifford as well. When, like, Kyle Dubas signed Kyle Clifford yeah, yeah. when he was younger. So, yeah. He's got that connection with him. So yeah. I really loves him. But it's it's weird because he doesn't really contribute at all to the team. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't play, though. I know. So, I don't know. We'll see. That'll be an off-season discussion, but... They signed him two more years. He's on the roster right now, making league men, pretty much. No, this year he's oh, right now it's one. It's one mil, and, and then that's not an insignificant amount of money either. No. So, and now he has to go through waivers if they. So I I I think the reason why they did this was so that no one does claim him through waivers, and I think they gave him the extra, the extra year <laughs> because the next year, if they ever need to bring him up, I think I don't think they want people claiming him for, through waivers for whatever reason. That's what I that's what I believe because it's not a two way deal. But right? you just. But and and I don't. I hope that the plan is not to have him play in the NHL because I don't think that he if if like he's our like fifteenth sixteenth best forward if 
probably yeah. even worse in, in our organization. Yeah. Um, and who knows next year? Definitely won't be the, in, in the top 12, top 14. But shouldn't be. Um, I think that that's kind of the plan for him is like a clue. maybe going to be a clune type guy. And, and the whole reason why they did this was if, if they were to ever need him called up for whatever reason, who knows what, that no one would claim him essentially. I think that's what it is. And they, they, they can spare the money. They don't really care. Yeah, they right. They gave him a one way so that he could afford uh, real estate prices and gas prices in Toronto <laughs> or else, or else he wouldn't be, wouldn't work I, out. I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know the answer though. I think that's yeah. fair speculation. Yeah. I don't like. Why would they care if someone claims them on waivers? Maybe they like him. Maybe they think he's a good character guy to have in the room for yeah. the AHL guys to bring up for but the then, rookie. I don't know. That, but that's then why my spe- did he get a one way? Is it fully buryable though? I don't know. A hundred percent. That's the yes. other thing. Yes. Oh, then okay. So he's fine. how old is he? He's thirty-one. Yeah. So if it's thirty-five plus, it's it counts towards the the cap. But since he's it's not and it's below the one point whatever million yeah. dollars. It's it has zero effect on the oh, salary yeah? cap in the minors. Okay, yeah. so there's your answer. Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. there we go. Um, but actually, looking ahead the next year, the Leafs have ten forwards signed, including Clifford, and that doesn't include their two RFAs in uh, Kasha and Engvall. So, like, the Leafs basically have their forward group next year if they want. Does that include Spezza? No, not include Spezza. Okay, so then they have thirteen yeah, sorry, forwards. Sorry, like, yeah. that's literally their whole forward group. Mm-hmm. You lose Mikheyev and you replace them with Robertson. That's mm-hmm. I, that's their entire, it's, which is interesting because I think a lot of people are always talking about, well, the Leafs cap hell. Who are they going to get? Well, they, this team next year, if they want, could look the exact same as it is right now. So, yeah. yeah. But we're talking forwards. I want to make one point about the forwards. This is the, honestly, I'm going to make more points, but this is the only point I actually want to make. And it's also a question Do people in Toronto understand how good Matthews and Marner are? Like, they know he's good, but do they truly understand how good these two guys are. I don't think so, no, honestly. Right now, the Leafs have the two best players in the NHL. On current form, they have the two best players in the NHL. They're sure playing like it. And maybe Marner's not the second best right now. He's in the top five to ten for sure. In terms of duos, they have the best duo in the NHL by a mile. Like, none of the other guys who are both on, like, they don't play together. That line, what also impressed me, is the, the amount of puck battles they win in the offensive zone and their ability to cycle. I mean, okay, I don't want to say this, but, like, how is this? Like, if they don't score in the playoffs this year, it's it's some sort of – there's a curse. Like, these yeah. guys yeah. cannot stop scoring. It doesn't – Seattle's a good defensive team. We looked at the numbers. They embarrassed them. They embarrassed them. Like, against Columbus, too. Columbus, they each got a goal. Yeah. Mitch Marner's on, like, 40-goal pace on a – He's crazy. On a, <laughs> more crazy. On, a, on an 82-game. He's just game shooting game. from everywhere. I love it. Like, Wow. That is interesting. He, uh, like I, uh, Dom updated the his he does he has a, a roster breakdown I think for each team yeah uh, and he po- posted I think biweekly he updated a couple maybe two or three days ago so I don't know how it's not I, Seattle game isn't in it I don't know if the mm-hmm. um, the Saturday uh, the Blue Jackets game is in it but the f- the highest rated line by Gold, GSVA for forward lines was the Bunting Matthews Martin sure. line. They're the fir- according to him, it's the really? best line in the league right now. Yeah, not Huberto's line. Nope. nope. That line is the best so line. I, I'm just the biggest Huberto <laughs> guy. Huberto should be Hart Trophy leader right now. Alan, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm praising Jonathan Huberto and Jonathan Drewen and Flurry. I think the funniest was when I posted. I was like, "Sorry, Dom. Um, these are actually the Hart Trophy." <laughs> 
rankings, someone was like, someone commented, they're like, where did you find these rankings? How is Liber high yet? <laughs> no way. Like, are you, are you serious? serious? Someone actually commented that. I just left it. I don't, Oof. Some comments I just, Oof. I can't get into. I'm like, you're so dumb. I don't <laughs> care. I'm not getting into this art. I got into one argument this year. I won it. And by the time, when it ended, I'm like, I'm such a loser. Like, yeah. why did I need to waste my energy in this? I'm also not very good at it too. So I just leave them if I don't like the comment. But, but yeah. Yeah. They're insane. They're the best. They're insane. The best. I hope it continues through the, like, I honestly, like, these guys deserve to just rip it up in the playoffs and have a really good round. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. no, but actually, like, it's it's a enjoy it. This is about as much fun as you're gonna have watching two guys play hockey. Honestly, it's three. I love Michael. Bunting three, yeah. Too. No, I, last week Jason went on his diatribe about Bunting is where in five on five scoring. He was like eighth. He's yes, fourth in the league. Fourth five league. on five score. <laughs> You're like, oh, what if he slows down? It's just because he got five points in one game. And now he's just getting three points in a game. Three, two points. Three. Duh, duh, the best. Well, you need it because our defense can't stop anything. <laughs> so if that if that's what it takes to win a, a Calder trophy for Michael Bunting, I'm here for it. But yeah. um I think the funniest one I made fun of uh so it was Nick Robertson's like, Oh, Nick Robertson staying on the ice late to to work on his skills. And it was him going in on on a Leafs goalie. You couldn't quite tell who it was. Looked like Mrazic. Mm-hmm. It was not. He goes in on a breakaway. He goes five hole scores kind of thing. I'm like, wow, shocker. At least goalie not making a save. And someone commented, like, that's Andrew D'Agostini. I'm like, all right, still, he's wearing the least slow going. He can't <laughs> stop a, a save. Yeah. yeah. Like, the point still stands. Yeah. yeah. But what did you guys think of the second line this week? A weird, weird one. Bounce back for sure for Tavares. Bounce back week. Um, just that he scored, right? Scored three goals, I think, this week. Uh, he scored two. two. He two? scored against Vancouver. He missed an empty net against Columbus. He then hit the post against Columbus, and then he scored yesterday against the Kraken. Didn't he get two against the Kraken, or no? No, no, he got one. No, only okay, one. okay. Why do I feel like Matthews hat trick against Kraken? Mm-hmm. Not bad, but I thought it was really weird on Saturday when they were switching out Robertson, Kerfoot like that. I think that was like a def- like they were win they were they winning was. the game and they wanted to make it like more of a defense line, which I agree was weird. It was like that's the line. Like why yeah. are and you then just jo- don't and totally then play that? The line. best part is like Jonas Siegel, who's a good reporter, he tweeted they're all good. But they, he tweeted like, Oh, the you know, they didn't score, but the Robertson Tavares Nylander line had like eight chances to one or something it was like that. Nine Corsi four was nine, Corsi against was one. No, it was shots. On... It was pure shots. Yeah. Because I looked and uh, their course was like the same. Expected goals was like 60 to 40. So he like completely yeah. fudged that. And also, it better be good. They took Robertson off when they were in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's essentially only playing offense. Yeah. If it's bad when they're doing that, like yeah. there's something really wrong. Exactly. Nick Robertson did look really good mm-hmm. this week. I have a lot of clips of just like plays that I really like from him. Let's make a His video. release is insane. He's a very good skater. I'm liking the way he protects the puck. He's a little bit more choosy with his shots this year. He's not shooting from everywhere, especially even in the rookie tournament this year. I was like, why is he making these shots? Why is he making these plays? He's forcing plays. He got injured, and somehow he's gotten better. Do you think they 
built that into his development, though. I think 100%. 100%. Shooting? Or, or being like, more selective, being selective? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're saying that he was doing that at the development camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neutral zone plays, too. He fed a couple nice mm-hmm. cross-ice uh, cross passes through the neutral zone as well. I've mentioned this before. He's a pretty good playmaker. We saw it in junior as well. Like, his draft year, he wasn't a, that goal scorer. I think he had 24 goals, which is pretty good. But... He he showed a lot of he showed some very good playmaking ability when he was partnered with Arthur Kaliev a couple times, the few times that he was. So, I think I think overall offensively this week looked pretty darn good. Yeah, just Robertson or the second line as a whole. Just Rob Robertson. Robertson. Yeah, I no, I, I think I agree. Did um, praising the second line defensively this week? Yeah, no, no thanks. No. They stunk against the Kraken. They, they there was a bad. few players. Let's hear it. William Nylander, I really loved the jump against Vancouver. Thought he was awesome. He had that really good chance. I, I believe it was Nylander to or Robertson to Nylander on that chance against Columbus as well. There, they looked pretty good against Seattle. Two points. Guess what? He was also minus three. Guess what? The fourth goal. He did the flamingo trying to block a shot. Lazy, lazy, lazy in a tie game in the third period. It didn't stop there. I, I, I get. I, it was the that was the fourth goal. The third goal, he sent a muffin backhand sauce at the blue line to Riley. Didn't get to him, and Colin Blackwell scored on it. Like I love William Nylander. Exceptional in transition. Exceptional with the puck. Great, very skilled player. Good shooter. Can score. Will put up points. Is putting up points. Good on the power play. We saw. We saw that pass to Matthews against the Kraken. Those defensive plays were atrocious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I think that's yeah. It just comes with his game, though, right? I know, yeah. but, but like he's like, got, and he, but he does have to be better. You're cannot, right. Like, I know right. it comes with his game, but like, do you have to limit his minutes because he's just so lazy in his own end at well, times? Well, the thing is, like, I know we talked about this. We wanted him to play more in even strength. He's playing essentially the exact same amount as Marner at even strength. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it actually looks like it's gone down a bit, but. 1510 to 1540. That's the difference. They're 30 seconds a game different. Yeah. So they're literally playing the same. The same. And the difference in production is really showing. Yeah. At one point, I think Nylander had like 35 or 40 points when Mitch had like 21 mm-hmm. points. Yeah. Nylander mm-hmm. was leading the charge at one point. Yeah. Like, but that's also really it's not good, even that Nylander's like, doing bad. It's just like that top line is putting the expectations. Yeah. Exceptionally mm-hmm. well. Tavares is looking a touch slow. That's not helping him at all. Yeah. I think the the Robertson speed has really helped them. The I Robertson like it. skill and shooting threat has really helped them. It's, I like yeah. him and Robertson look good together. It's just the defensive end, you gotta dude, So they're an offense only. Cannot, line. Yeah. I, we struggled to score in the playoffs last year. I don't know. Like would you true. roll Maybe. them? What do you think? Maybe. I mean uh, like I can't envision a lineup that is optimal with them split up. Who? Uh Tavares and Nylander, regardless. So I have I have an interesting thought on that because the Tavares goal, I don't know if you noticed, but did you see who the wingers were on the ice when Engvall he scored? Was on the ice with Mikheyev. Oh, I didn't know. So the, was on the what ice. happened there? I think I don't know exactly what happened. It was. But a lot, it, was it was not. Camp, it, got, off, camp yeah. got hurt, I believe. Camp, I think Camp got hurt and missed a shift. Something went wrong, but he missed a shift because okay. yeah. So and I honestly thought those three together looked. I think they played maybe like a minute together, but I thought they looked really good. And I've kind of been thinking like I, I like I feel like John Tavares with our th- like uh, with our wingers who play on the third line 
would be a really good line together. Now, I know, obviously, if you do that, that means that David Kampf is now playing with William Nylander. And that would, that's not what you'd do, though. You, what would you do? Kerfoot then? or Yeah, Kerfoot, yeah. Nylander, Robertson. Yeah, see, like, like I, I would like that. But then where does your boy Kampf go? Fourth line and you got Spencer. Line. Yeah, and if... if uh, then who are you playing in defensive zone starts? For the Leafs. First line? I don't know. Fourth line? Can't do first. The problem is if if you lived in a world where Spezza and Simmons weren't on the team, mm-hmm. I think you could probably you could scratch. You could do Kasha, Kampf. Who am I missing? Engvall? No, Engvall was no, on. Engvall was on. Well, it's Simmons or Spezza. Whatever. Yeah. I I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Anyways, I was just I just think that like as the a forward l- group's in a little bit of a flux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, but I don't think it's in a flux in a way that someone's gonna like. They're not bringing in a forward, I don't think. I think that ship sailed. You yeah. think so? For think sure. So. Well, with the cap space, I guess so. I think so. Yeah. I think they're looking at this Robertson experiment now. After I think it, uh, when they first brought him up, I think there's a good chance it was, oh, let's just see what we have. Muzzin mm-hmm. might be out. Maybe he, we could trade him. We'll see what happens. Now I think they're saying, is this our internal ad? Is this mm-hmm. our trade deadline acquisition that we didn't have to trade for? Like, is he? It's only been a few games. We'll temper yes. expectations that but way. But that's why maybe they rolled but him for the next 10 games. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I feel bad for Kerfoot, though. Like, I know it's not a feel-bad-for-league. It's the National League. They make a lot of money, but I do feel bad for he him. He had a he's pretty put, good game last game. He's, but he's he making scored. an impact on the fourth line. Yeah, yeah, he's looking good, right? Like, I know people are, like, I brought up, oh, he's fourth in the league and even strength assists. It's like, okay, it's a lot of secondaries. Still a lot of primary assists there, too. Like, he is playing pretty well. I'm not upset with Alex Kerfoot's play in any way, shape, or form. It's just unfortunate, like, you know, something's not going out. Mm-hmm. They're not moving. They're not demoting Nylander. They're not demoting Tavares. You're Sorry, the man. We predicted this, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it's it's the right move, I think. So they scratched Spezza against Seattle, right? Yeah, it was so a back-to-back. It was a back-to-back, right? So now I'm, I'm, I just like was thinking about this right now. I wonder who's going to get scratched for the game on, the, on yeah. Saturday, right? What about Thursday? Well, Thursday, I... Thursday, it's like whatever, because like I think the outdoor game is like I don't know. They might find that important, but uh, yeah, I also wonder who's going to get scratched on Thursday because for sure play the outdoor. Game. Yeah, right. Angle is going to get scratched. Angle's gonna, probably going to get scratched. Oh, that's unfortunate. Shoot, I thought he's playing well, but he is playing well. Th- yeah. I think at this point right now, like that I think past the Matthew uh, or to Tavares was really his beautiful. reception from the Brody reception pass. It was he all was the, one of the only good players playing against Buffalo. Yeah. Played, he had a couple good chances. I was with telling Mikheyev. Jason this. They're all they all shoot left-handed. Yes, everyone on that line is that oh, a problem? It wasn't. It was not a problem, but it was in that game because Engvall had three really good rushes on the flank on the right wing, but he had to backhand every shot because yeah. he's a lefty. I know. Yeah, McKay have gotten a couple good chances that team too. I McKay McKay is one of my favorite Leafs to watch this year. Which is surprising because last year at one point he was like my least. He was, he's he's hard mm-hmm. to watch. I mean, he's, yeah. I think I think what he's doing really is just shooting the puck harder and like not thinking yeah. as much. The hands look a little better. Yeah, you gotta say that. Contract year he just two. Broke his thumb. Dangle that Contract carrot. Mm. That's a big motivator for him, and also the fact that you know he kind of asked for a trade and they're like, no. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> He's a big part of the team, in my opinion. Yes, he really yeah. is, honestly. Brings I, a lot of speed. I didn't expect, yeah. A lot of speed. He's very, like, forward with a long stick. Well, when we started the year and he was injured, it, we weren't like, oh, 
clamoring for him to be back or yeah oh by the way mckayev is it been was out. like okay yeah. mckayev is going to be a fourth liner maybe even 13th forward if robertson's up for example yeah. and when That's we true. still had richie as well right like oh shoot we oh, just gosh. talked about robertson i forgot to... we were right about our take with him at the beginning of the year yeah won't make it out of training camp call him up halfway through didn't look likely because he broke his leg but yeah it happened it did and we called it i i like his game i think in the offensive zone, he's already an NHL player. Yeah. He really is. You can see it. Yeah, I agree. And if he's even 75% of what his brother is, like, huh. that's a legit player. Well, then he's like the 25th best player in the yeah. league. <laughs> like, his brother's <laughs> unbelievable right now. Yeah. His brother's, yeah. Back to back Hatties. Oh, yeah. my God. But, yeah, it'll, some decisions to be made. It'll be interesting to see what they do Thursday, Sunday, Sunday game at 4 p.m hate that but no saturday leafs weird yeah i love the saturday leaf games but stinks but i uh i'm i'm anxious to see what they do honestly Mm -hmm. what the roster will look like in two weeks another trap game against arizona they're gonna win like come on the the leafs are gonna arizona scored like 10 goals in their last 17 goals in their last two games nick schmaltz has 13 points in two games holy smokes (laughs) (laughs) so please tell me someone has them in fantasy oh my gosh yeah, go uh, add that guy. Maybe not. Maybe he might have missed the boat. You you did. He's like a point of game right now. Holy you think souls. people would like a little Robertson video? Uh, if you got some clips. Yeah, I've got some clips. I can I'll put them our, in our group. We'll see what we can do. Because I wonder what people are thinking on him right now. Like, are, are, is it is I he staying know. up? Is I he haven't. Going down? I haven't seen That's like what I'm saying. There hasn't anything. been much chatter, even in the media. No, he's just he's there. He's playing like. Yeah, I haven't heard anything at all. Well, because the defense is such a big, I don't know, media loves to focus on what's not going well. <laughs> like, the, sorry, I don't, let me rephrase that. The defense is playing garbage. The top line is playing exceptional. Everything in between is just a moot point. To them, mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right? So that's why you listen to an hour and a half of us going absolute bananas about uh the 13th forward and what's going to happen with Kyle Clifford next year. Right? Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, any around the leagues you guys got? I don't know. It would just be deadline stuff, like the guys that are coming available. Former Leaf Jared McCann got 5 by 5 Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, it's good for them. I mean, like, yeah. they, who do they have that can score? score no one. They're they not don't no have many deep mind. salary commitments other to than their uh, Swiss cheese goaltender. Back there, I heard on the Steve Dangle podcast because they were talking about McCann and being traded. Maybe and well, I think Adam Wild made the point like, why don't they just sign him? Like why? And he, I guess he's right because they don't have that many guys mm-hmm. like him, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you see him get get signed, especially they, if you're a fan of the team, like new team in town, and he's it's twenty like goals, like you're leading, trading yeah, your leading yeah. goal scorer. And he's already, only twenty five, right? He mm-hmm. would he would be under team control after this year, yeah. like. That'd be a little bit dis- disheartening, I would say. Yeah, it seemed like the right move for them. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't hate. I, I like that move. I'd say that. But uh, any other points? Justin I'm, Danforth got a nice little extension. Take a look at that guy's elite prospects. I really encourage you to. It's a pretty wild ride that he's gone through. Like he was, he was a uh, twenty-year-old in the OJ, Cobert Cougars. They upset Trenton Golden Hawks, I believe, in the first round that year. They were like the eighth seed. Trenton was the first. I believe it was Trenton. Then he goes to Sacred Heart, which is like 
It's D1. It's, it is D1, but it's not like the most exceptional D1. You're not seeing first-rounders go there, right? Goes to Sacred Heart, plays four years there, then ends up signing an AHL deal, kicks around, good ECHL player, couldn't really kick, get any traction in the AHL, ends up going to Finland, plays very well in Finland a couple of years, and then a very good year in the KHL, back to the NHL, 30 years old, first NHL year, and now got an extension. Can I say one thing? Not, I think that's a fantastic story. I think even better is that you're not even looking at his page right now. You just do that off the top of your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want people to respect World championship that. Uh, gold medal as well on yes, top of that. Yes, you're right. So Justin I just Danforth. looked at his page. And that was, that was exactly, exactly it. Yeah, I was looking at Bridgeport That was Islanders. impressive. That was impressive. Um, what's going on in Edmonton? Not to change subjects, but. Um, they are, I don't know. There's an iceberg ahead and they're ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, the ship will not sink. We have Connor McDavid. Koskinen's picked it up, but I don't. I don't know. I, it, they're in a weird spot right now. Like, they're I, not in a playoff spot. That's a, they. They, they just beat. They're gonna. They're winning tonight. They, so they have sixty-six points. Yeah. Well, well, maybe not. There's a minute twenty-nine left. They're up a goal. So maybe not. <laughs> per Darren Dreger, the Edmonton Oilers have won. It's gonna look. It's, this is gonna look really funny when someone looks back at this tomorrow. Yeah, but still, even if they win, they're not in a playoff spot. Yeah. Do you think they're going to trade for a goalie? I think they need to. Like, I think their guy. Like, it just makes so much sense that they trade for Anton Forsberg, right? Just the cap number, Flurry being off the market supposedly. Like, who else is out there, right? I think Anton Forsberg is their guy, and they should really be pursuing him a little bit harder. Um, if they beat the Capitals, the Capitals are on... Oh, They're, never mind. They won three in a row. No, but they were sliding. Like Columbus were, was sneaking, but now it's... Yeah, now it's a, it's a pretty hefty margin there. Columbus is only at 59 points, I got a right? prediction that there's going to be a big trade before the end of the week in the NHL. It's too quiet yeah. right now. I agree, yeah. It's too, there's, it's there's too a lot quiet. Of, yeah. There's not, there's I feel not, like when you, when they start to tweet stuff out about these things, that means that they're like getting further away than they are than getting close. When things are really really quiet, I feel like that's because things are happening, right? Like mostly when they feed these in, the insiders these informations, is that they don't like what like some teams don't like what they're receiving on one end, and they want to get a little bit more. It's like a part of the negotiation, right? So I could see that. I could see that happening. I hope. So. I, I hope they we save it all for the deadline. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be nicer. Be nicer to TSN. Be nicer sports, <laughs> you know, nicer for us. Yeah. Right. Like we're going to have a, a deadline show eventually. We'll figure that one out as I, well. I'm just mm. keep, I'm keeping my eye on Chicago. Yeah. Just, just watching new GM. Yeah. They're big focus on the young players yeah. and prospects and picks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kubalik. He's got to watch out Hagel. for Hagel, Connor Murphy, Dahan. Um, yeah. I think that's all of them there. Yeah, just I, I think yeah, keep an eye on Chicago. Yeah, uh, that's a big one. Red Wings, Islanders, everyone that's out there. Uh, any other points you guys got? Let's let's win two more games here. Let's beat the oh. Coyotes. Let's win the outdoor game, and then the schedule gets a bit tougher, and we'll see what happens. Yep, I love it. That's all I got for today. If you guys are done there, thank you everyone so much for listening. Please rate, follow the show. Much appreciated. Go leave school.